Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. We've been talking about smartphones. The more research I read on this, the more I am becoming convinced that uh, kids under the age of, what, 16, I guess, shouldn't even have smartphones. You should just not have them. Dumb phones, that's it. The, uh, the rewiring and the impact on the brain, uh, we don't even understand it all at this point. And we're running now this generation, you know, through like the largest social experiment. Okay, well, aside from the COVID vaccine thing. But like, a, the, a, like the largest social media and social... Uh, experiment, I think, that, that we've ever seen. These contagions that society has always had. Every society has had uh, contagions. And the social media just just feeds it. Social media allows it to, uh, uh, to replicate like a virus just through the population. Whatever that population is, like the schoolhouse level, the, the, the city level, or nationally, internationally. There is a research collaborator named Gene Twenge, or Twenge, 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 and it's T-W-E-N-G-E, Twenge, Twenge, and uh, she says it's been quite a year for news on teen mental health and technology use. In March... The CDC announced that 30% of American teenage girls considered attempting suicide in 2021. 30%. One in three considered attempting suicide. That is up 11 percentage points in 10 years. So it's gaining 1% every single year. And persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness had also increased among both girls and boys. And then in May, the Surgeon General's office released a report on social media uh, about youth mental health. Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy said, quote, The most common question parents ask me is, is social media safe for my kids? The answer, he said, is that uh, we don't have enough evidence to say it's safe. And in fact, there's growing evidence that social media use is associated with harm. Harm to their mental health. He has based that conclusion on a review of the research. Two points are especially relevant. First, teen depression began to rise in the early 2010s. That is precisely when smartphones and social media became ubiquitous. Second, the more hours a day that a teenager spends on social media, the more likely he or she will be depressed. And there is growing evidence that social media use causes the depression. It's not correlated. It's causation. Recently, the Washington Post editorial board 
responded to the Surgeon General's report with the well-worn and now false trope that we just don't know enough yet. Even more unfortunate, the Washington Post came to this conclusion using arguments that have been refuted for years. Not disputed, refuted. Which even a cursory read of the research would have instantly proven wrong. The board acknowledges that there is no question teen depression has risen in the age of the smartphone. But then they say, quote, There are questions about whether the spike in social media use is responsible for the increases in depression and suicide. There are other possible causes, such as economic anxiety or the opioid crisis. Really? Really? You think, you think teenage girls are, are suffering from economic anxiety? And that's why, that's why they're depressed? That's why they're considering suicide. You think that's what the motivating factor is? Like, oh my gosh, the Federal Reserve is meeting again today. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna add a quarter point. Life's not worth living. Or the opioid crisis. That's what's prompting it. Wouldn't that be the result? Right? Wouldn't that be the effect of the depression? Would be the seeking to drown the pain in in drugs. Um, so no, there, there's not. Uh, at least not these. These are not. These are not factors. And the Washington Post needs to educate itself before it attempts to set the narrative for the rest of the country and other media outlets. Self harm. When you look at the data, self harm was stable, or actually declined during the years of the Great Recession. So it's not economic anxiety. Okay. This is one of those other. Uh, uh, false narratives out there that's like, oh, the reason why crime increases is because poverty. No, because during the Great Depression, crime rates did not spike, right? So, it, no, it, there's something else going on. So, the Great Recession occurs, and we don't see self-harm rise. We see it, in fact, stay stable or drop. It only started to increase after 2010, and that's when the economy was improving. Economic indicators are exactly misaligned. Actually, unemployment declined as teen depression and self-harm rose. So there's, I guess if you want to say there is an inverse effect, (laughs) I don't know. Like the economy gets good and that's why the teenagers want to harm themselves. The increase in opioid deaths, also not related. That's primarily among middle-aged people, not teenagers. Opioid deaths are also very regional. They have large increases in some areas of the country and little increases in others. In contrast, the increase in teen depression nationwide. In fact, internationally. The Washington Post doesn't cover this, but another common argument is that the increase in teen depression is due to school shootings. But if that was true, we would expect to see no changes in teen depression and loneliness in places outside of the U.S. that don't have the school shootings, at least at the rate that we do, right? But no, loneliness and depression spiked worldwide, too. So that's not it. I wonder why there is this, there's this hesitancy, there's a reluctance to even consider this possibility that the smartphones are driving the depression. Why are there so many people 
in these institutions that don't want to consider the science and the data, to borrow a phrase. Heavy users of social media were twice as likely to be depressed as light users of social media. And by the way, that effect is three times as likely among girls. So if you're a girl and you're a heavy user of social media, you're three times more likely to be depressed than a light user of social media. Then there's the time displacement, the hours and hours spent doom scrolling on the Instagram, looking to see what your classmate is up to this weekend, living their best life, or so you think, because the filtered picture she posted looks fantastic, right? All that time you spend scrolling, liking and, and, and responding and, and retweeting and reposting, all of that time, right? it adds up. There have been many experiments on social media and uh, social media use and depression, and most of them show that less social media use causes mental health benefits. The less you use, the better off you'll be. We have the evidence and the answers now. The question is, she says, how much longer are we going to wait when rates of self-harm have quadrupled among 10 to 14-year-old girls? And then there is also a risk-benefit equation to this. What is the risk in restricting social media among people 15 years and, and younger? What's the risk there? Right? What? And I thought about this. And there's a libertarian argument, lowercase l, libertarian argument to be made, you know, oh, it's, you know, I should have the right to get my smartphone and choose for my ch- child the smartphone, right? But from a medical perspective, what is the risk? Is there a medical risk for a 15-year-old to not have, and younger, to not have access to smartphones? What's the risk? What's the risk in doing nothing as more kids become depressed and harm themselves? What's the risk there? The time to call for more research was 10 years ago, she says. We now have that research, and now we need action, not more dithering. Townhall.com, a piece by Rob Jenkins. Title is uh, Why Johnny Can't Think. And um, he says, if it seems that young people these days believe absurd things, that they utterly lack both the ability and the inclination to reason logically it's not your imagination today's college graduates cannot think or at least don't think because they're not being taught to they're not being taught to i'll get to that in a minute let me go over here and talk to dean welcome to the program dean how are you good good happy friday yes sir you too hey i i listen to all this on cell phones and i I think it's just sad but inevitable that it's, cell phones are like a rite of passage because every time you mention all the ails and all, all the problems of cell phones, I inserted like alcohol or gambling. Yeah. And I came up with the same symptoms, but nothing, you know, we just had to adjust to it. We couldn't oh, that's... really do anything to improve it. No, that's a fantastic point. I think we should probably then uh, maybe lead a campaign to ban uh, alcohol uh, uh, use among children. I think that's a great idea. And uh, ban uh, children from gambling. I think that's a good idea. Well, okay. 
but I, I I think that cell phones are you know you can't you can't learn you can only learn from your mistakes. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, but you can only learn from your mistakes. And what we're seeing is all the mistakes. And if we don't make them, we can't learn from them. So I think it's it's inevitable in the evolution of using cell phones. Even though I I'm not happy with it, but well, sure. I mean, it is. Uh, sure, but that's not in conflict with anything I've said. Uh, yeah, we, the research has been. Uh, developing over the last decade, and the research yeah, is now I, all pointing to the yeah, same conclusion, which is that the social media use and the smartphone use among particularly under the age 16, particularly girl uh, demographic, that it is particularly harmful for them. Yes, yes, I agree. So, all right. Yeah. So, so would you be okay with uh, with what uh, banning a smartphone? Uh, purchases and use or whatever among uh, sixteen uh, under sixteen year olds. Yeah, I, I think uh, you know we're going to have to get to a point where you know it's going to have to be somewhere in the middle of the of, of the road. That's going to make progress, but not you know, but also learn from it. Uh, yeah, Dean, I appreciate the call. I do hesitate when you say things like middle of the road because you know what happens if you're in the middle of the road, you get run over. Yeah. So I appreciate the call. Um, back to the town hall piece, Rob Jenkins. Why Johnny can't think. Uh, there were a couple scholars that wrote a book called Academically Adrift. And uh, they did a four-year study of more than 2,300 undergraduates at selected universities across the country. And they concluded that a large percentage of them improved little, if at all, as critical thinkers. Since then, numerous studies and surveys by organizations... Um, like Noel Levitz and the Association of American Colleges and University and a whole bunch of others, um, they have uh, confirmed this, th- this thesis. Employers consistently report that new hires fare poorly in writing and critical thinking. They're basically two sides of the same coin, right? Writing and critical thinking. They fare poorly. Meanwhile, colleges and universities not only claim to be teaching critical thinking, they shout it from the rooftops. Even as the end users of their products, the employers, even as the employers are complaining that 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 skill is in short supply. So how is this happening? How is it possible that college is like, we're teaching critical thinking? And the employers are like, man, wish we could find some people that had some critical thinking skills. And they're all coming out of the colleges. So how is this possible? What is causing this this disconnect? Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? Uh, All righty, let me go on over here to the phone lines and uh, welcome Cheryl to the program. Hello, Cheryl. Uh, You're not going to hang up on me today, are you? (laughs) I don't think I've ever hung up on you, Cheryl. I believe every single time uh, we've ever stopped talking, you have been the one to hang up on me. All right, so let's go. Um, Yeah, right, uh, go ahead. I I don't feel like the younger people are only ones that don't have critical thinking. There are so many adults that don't have critical thinking. 
I can give you some examples, and I can, if you're letting me finish. First one, Turbyville, Thomas Turbyville. How does he think what he's doing is going to help the U.S. or anyone, for that matter, except himself, who's wanting to have power over everything? And also, Ron DeSantis banning black books, like hidden figures. How is that going to help the, the younger people? The way they feel about black people is not going to change because he's banning books. All of this is not critical thinking. I don't think we can put that on the younger people. I think the adults are having a real problem right now with critical thinking. But go ahead. I'm listening. All right. So what was your first example? It was Tommy Tuberville, uh, the state, uh, U.S. senator exactly. who has put a hold on, um, on the appointments of military leaders. Do you know why he did that? Yes. But, I, but you give me why? your Because yours won't. I'm sure you. Well, no, I'm curious to know, like, because you, I mean, because you're saying critical thinking is is important, and so uh, I assume if this is an issue that's of importance to you, important enough for you to call me and ask me, I would assume that you would know why he has uh, why he has done that. Yes, I do. I know why. I know why. It has all to do with sexual people's preferences and all that kind of stuff. But go ahead. (laughs) Uh, No, it no, it actually doesn't. (laughs) Oh, it doesn't. Okay. No, it doesn't. What what does it have to do with it? So hang on a second. So if we're going to be discussing this in a... So let, let, let's back up a second. What do you think critical thinking means? Critical thinking is when you can think what's going to happen if you make a decision that's going to affect so many people. And right now, I don't see the adults thinking critically okay. about anything for that matter. I'd rather talk to a younger person than some of these old people because they don't even... Especially the politicians. All right. All so, they want is power. All they want is power. Okay, that, that, right, that, that, but that's power. different. No, we're, okay, that's different. We're talking about what is critical thinking. So your description of critical thinking is not—it's not entirely accurate in the way that it has always been used. So well, yeah, when I'm people talk that. about critical thinking, Cheryl, they, critical thinking skills is like uh, examining something from an impartial and objective perspective right. to trying to exactly. weigh. Okay, so that's why I ask what you thought the hold was why the senator said he was putting those appointments on hold and it se- it sounds like you don't know which then i would submit you have not engaged in critical thinking on this particular question i'm happy to tell you why he's doing it because i know why he's doing it i've read his his uh it statements make on sense, it though. okay well, all right so what, what do you what does it make sense he needs to stay out of the military, let them handle their affairs. He's n- but why he is he... No, this is their doesn't affairs. Belong, okay? the, this is their affairs. He is talking about military affairs. The military... So the military changed a policy, and they began paying for uh, military service members to go get abortions and to pay for them in various places, and then giving them time off so they could go get abortions. And That's this runs afoul of this runs afoul of rules where the uh, federal taxpayers are not forced to pay for abortions. It's called the Hyde Amendment, right? So that's why he put the hold on them is because he's saying you guys enacted a policy you are not allowed to do, and so he's holding them to account for violating the policy change or, or the the policy. I still so think it was a bad move. You can think that, Cheryl. Absolutely, you can think that, but. You cannot say that he's doing it for some non-critical thinking reason. He has thought about it. He has identified something they did incorrectly, and he is holding them accountable for violating the policy. 
That's not his place to hold him accountable. It absolutely is. Absolutely that is exactly is his job. It oh no, it is. That's what the U.S. Senate is. That's their job. The Congress is there. Their nose in where it don't belong. They're always telling women what to do with their bodies. No, uh, They're overstepping their bounds. As far as uh, okay. Okay. Well, all right. Well, that, that's fine. But they are. But all right. Don't so now you're. But they're. St- they're sticking their noses into military do. affairs. Ha- Cheryl, hang on. They're. St- they're sticking their noses into oversight of the military, which is specifically what they're elected to do. No. No. Yes. Yes. No. Yeah. And you know what? They, don't they literally have committees know. called the Oversight Committee. That's literally they the name of the committee. They want to pick and choose what they want to step in. Of course into. they do. Why don't they well, of course they Trump do. Trump, who is stepping all over the Constitution, they're not going to step into that. So they're now we're, we're moving enough. on. They're not right, just, man enough to step into that. But they want okay, to so hang on a second. Are we moving off of the Tuberville story no, now and that I'm critical thing? How, how the politicians work on the right. They don't want oh. to step in where they need to step in. Trump is stepping all on the Constitution, and they're too weak to do anything about it. I don't want to hear nothing they got to say because they're weak as hell. Oh, that's okay. obvious. No, Cheryl that, Cheryl, that, yeah, I'm still here. Cheryl, that has become uh, clear. You have you are not interested in anything anybody is saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's clear. Yeah, you don't you don't you don't have you don't care what any of them have to say about anything. That you said you just said that. I completely agree with you. They're weak men. They're weak men. So no, who is this? To them because they're weak men. Who's that? You let Trump step all over the Constitution like he's doing right now. That all of them are weak. And I'm not. What is Trump? How is Trump's? How is Trump stepping on the? How is Trump stepping on the Constitution right now? I don't even want to go into it because I could talk to you all day and tell you how he's stepping on it. But, yeah, but you, would, so you're doing this you again, though. You would twist just, it the way you're. You you're twist it's it. like you're fixing to tell me something, but you don't okay. want to actually okay. tell me it. So and I kind of get the impression that you don't actually okay. know what to say. You're just what telling me that if you have to say it, you would he say took it. All of those kids spoke to the Capitol and they tore up the place. Yet oh, okay. he doesn't get charged for anything. Come on now. They get jailed. Yes, he's he's actually been indicted like four times. Come on now, Pete. You're not. You can't be that. Cheryl, he's been indicted like four times. You can't be that. And he's trying to get. He got impeached twice. And the Republicans are helping them get out of it. Okay. I'm not so so. I'm not sure how. So you say he's trampling the Constitution right now. So uh, what I ask you is, how is he doing it now? The Constitution. Okay. (laughs) What is he doing? What is he doing? He should have right now. And and said he should have bowed out and said, I lost. I'll try next time. I, they didn't find any fraud. That's fine. You can say that. That's not unconstitutional, though. He's so weak. He's so weak. He can't even accept the law. That's not unconstitutional. Okay, whatever. I know you're going to have it your way. That's why I don't even like talking to you, because you, you're not critical thinking right now. Oh, like you. <laughs> you're not. You're not critical. Right. No, I would. Yeah, it's best for you to you call in, not know the argument you're trying to make, and then abandon every argument along the way as I ask you simple questions that you can't answer. That's a far preferable approach. I, I mean, I guess that's one way to go. He ain't going to win this time either. Now you're on to a different he topic. Gonna, he okay. He's not going to win because, because he's too weak. Can you get me the uh, winning lottery numbers? I'm not giving you anything. I'm. Oh, come on, Cheryl. After all that we've been through together, you're not going to give me the winning lottery numbers? You can make that kind of prediction? I'll call you back in 2024. Look, if he wins in 2024 or if he loses in 2024, I'm sure I'm going to hear from you, but I I don't make these kinds of predictions. Especially when he loses. Yeah, but Cheryl, did I say he was going to win? Oh, well, good. I'm glad you got that much sense. <laughs> oh, so there's... All right, here's another example. We were talking about critical thinking. It's understanding in an impartial and objective 
uh, way a particular issue. So you came at me thinking that you knew something. You made a bunch of assumptions, apparently, about like what I thought, and then you made a whole argument towards yeah, me whatever. that was based on ignorance. And so that's not critical thinking. Anyone. Don't call me ignorant. I'm very intelligent. But I, I didn't say I'm you weren't intelligent. For, I'm not falling for Trump. I bet you that. That's I will that's not fine. Nothing he says. I'm okay, that's great. No, good anybody for you. That believes, anybody that believes anything Trump says at this point is the one that's unintelligent. Okay? Mm. And I've uh, seen some of his people, when they ask them why you voted for Trump, they can't even tell you why. Yeah. No, that's it's usually like the case. I've seen I've seen interviews with people of all candidates. They're like sheep to the slaughter. Yeah, I, Cheryl, what you have just described is a large portion of the American electorate. They vote for both. They me. vote for both parties. I wouldn't have followed. Maybe not you, Cheryl. I didn't say you. I said I, I said that is true of the. That, oh my goodness! I said that's true of a large portion of the electorate. Jim they Jones vote for both him. parties. Jim Jones had them just like that. So Jim they need Jones to protect themselves, call themselves Christians. If you're a Christian, you're not going to follow a liar like that. Mm. He's lied about everything, started from day one. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, and, and I'm sure. Look, I'm sure you have convinced have a, a great many people <laughs> with this phone call. Agenda. Yeah, you too. Have a great one. Uh, all right, bye. Just to be clear, there, she hung up on me. So the record is 100. percent She has hung up every single time on me. I have never once hung up on her, even though I was late for a break. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. This was that discussion with Cheryl was actually a perfect uh, example of this disconnect that Rob Jenkins was talking about in this uh, piece at townhall.com. Because when I use the term critical thinking, I think it means objective, analytical, using logic and reason to try to solve problems. That's what the term critical thinking has traditionally always meant. Today, however, that is not what colleges and universities mean, and it sounds like that's not what, uh, what Cheryl meant either. Uh, critical thinking is an exercise in critique, right? The, the, the critique is the ruthless criticism of basically everything. You critique everything, and it seeks not to really solve problems, but to deconstruct. This is, of course, critical theory. Deconstruction doesn't build up, right? It tears down. So it's not actually about criticism. Critical thinking isn't really about criticism, not trying to objectively evaluate good and bad. It's about critiquing and focusing only on the bad. So it's not about solving problems. It's about complaining about them and blaming others. That's what Rob Jenkins writes. And that's what Cheryl did. And Cheryl thinks, like, I love Cheryl. I love talking with Cheryl. Uh, I know a lot of people, you know, her, uh, the way she discusses things kind of drives them nuts. Like Bob says, uh, her citizenship should be revoked. 
according to my critical thinking. <laughs> so, right, like that, but no, that's not critical thinking. That would be just deconstructive thinking, criticism, critique, right? Um, you know, I'm trying to open up this. Well, that's weird. Why won't that email open? Oh, there we go. Um, John says, Spires had Krantz, Bo has Beth. I think you and Cheryl need to have a show together. That was some of the most entertaining radio I have heard in a long time. Oh, thank you, John. I appreciate that. Uh, I don't know. I probably cannot afford her. Um, things are bad because somebody feels they are bad. That's sort of the premise here with the, the, the disconnect. And I think that, that call actually showed it quite well. Also, I got to tell you, uh, I have heard of... Uh, uh, there's been a development out of Peru. There is a new species of snake. It's like 40 feet long. Actually, it's no, it's 16 inches. I'll tell you what they named it. Two six packs of shiners. 99 cent butane lighter. Lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron. Ice down that igloo cooler. Take a guess at all to do her. I can feel a good one coming on Throw in Ray Wiley Hubbard Sing along to Redneck Mother Any blues I had before are gone Another working week is over No chance of staying sober So it was discovered, this snake was discovered in May in Peru. It's 16 inches long. It is yellowish brown, has black, uh, black spots, a black belly, copper eyes. Mustang followed us down to the lake and didn't have to think about that too long. Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight, situation couldn't be more right. Alright, so the snake is called Tachymenoides. Tachymenoides, whatever. Okay. Harrison 40. Not kidding. Harrison 40. That's its name. Not because Indiana Jones hates snakes. Apparently, he is active in environmental issues. It is harmless, by the way, to adult humans. But it likes toads and lizards. It eats them. Alright. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone. Good.